This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So, Bree, I remember this one time I was in a bike race around Tucson, and uh, I wasn't paying attention. We were riding down 4th Avenue, and there's railroad tracks, like street track tracks, and my bike's tire like went and wedged in to the railroad tracks, no. and I totally fell down and just like skinned my hands, everything. Ugh. I had nothing with me, nothing at all. And it's that times where you want a first aid product and you have nothing. And <laughs> active skin repair utilizes a molecule called hypochlorous acid. When applied to the skin, the molecule works by mimicking the natural immune response to cleanse, soothe irritation, reduce inflammation, and support healing. I've used it on my son's mosquito bites, and I wish I would have had it the time I totally scraped up my hands. Oh, I hear you. Like whenever I go paddleboarding, kayaking, I'm always trying to find something that is like an all-in-one that I can take with me. And active skin repair could be used like that. It can be used to treat cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, which makes it suitable for all skin types, all parts of the body, like eczema and acne-prone skin, all of that. With over 500,000 happy customers, thousands of five-star reviews, and ingredients so safe and clean they can be used from the youngest member of the family to the oldest, you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order. Use code NOGUILT. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom podcast. I am your host, Joanne Crone, joined here by my co-host, Brie Tucker. Why, hello, hello, everybody. How are you? It is a weekend after the weekend here. And, and, and you know what else it is? Huh? It's pumpkin spice season. Oh, yes. 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 Brie is a huge pumpkin spice fan, and I came into work this morning, and I had the best gift ever on my, <laughs> on my uh, desk. Joanne got me pumpkin spice lotion. Lotion, yes, yes. I knew you liked it. I'm gonna smell like pumpkin spice. Have all all your pumpkin, yeah. I just imagined you putting it on your hands and rubbing them together, and then sniffing it like, oh yes, I'm calm now. Pumpkin. Oh yes, I will. Everything is good in the world. I will be. After about a week, you're gonna be like Brie. Put away the damn lotion. It's like what's that smell? (laughs) Smell some pumpkin in here. (laughs) Oh my gosh, the whole office will smell like pumpkin. (laughs) That just reminded me. I was. I told you my my big to do list this weekend was to clean out my bedroom, but I also had one to make pumpkin spice cookies, and I forgot. See, I am not as much of a pumpkin spice fan. I could like, I'm like, oh, it's pumpkin. Okay, I'm like one of those people. Oh, I love pumpkin. Like I will take it all year long, but I get excited this time of the year because everybody else joins me in Mm -hmm. my pumpkin love. Yeah, I have two loves: pumpkin and peppermint oh so because of that the fall and winter are like my favorite seasons ever oh see i'm salted caramel all the time yes all the time like doesn't matter the season i'm like oh you have caramel oh you know what i even go so far as i go down to culver's uh for our treat yourself i get vanilla custard with brownie and salted caramel i will bring it home i will not eat it in the car because here's what i do I sprinkle a little kosher salt on my ice cream. And it sounds weird, but oh, it is so good. Wait, (laughs) doesn't the salt melt the ice cream or no? No, I mean, I don't care if it melts it. It's like a milkshake. Oh, oh, that would be even better. Yeah, but so this time of the year should be good for you too because salted caramel kind of takes a step up this time of the year because it's caramel. It does, but you know what? 
it's pushed out by all the pumpkin spice. Oh, okay. I can but see that. But it's okay. That. It's I okay. I could get my own salted caramel. Just give me some caramel. I will put some salt on it. I will be fine. You know, when this <laughs> when this episode airs, I think we need to do a post question on Instagram. Oh, yeah. Are you, are you team pumpkin spice with Brie or team, team salted, salted caramel, caramel with Joanne? All I'm year curious. round. All year round. Yes. Well, today we actually, we have a listener question. It yes. is a listener question episode. Back and it's to a listener question. <laughs> and it's about screen time oh this is one that we get all the time which I, is part of the reason why we picked this one and i love talking about screen time because it is such an emotionally fraught like topic because you see like one side of the issue where it's like take off all the tiktok take off all the instagram don't let your kids have anything on their screens and then and then you get the scare tactics it's contributing to a rise in teen suicide it's contributing to depression it like I mean, it is scary out there to be a parent when you're confronted with issues of screen time. It is. And you know, the the thing you were saying too, is that this is a topic that I feel like so many of us feel very passionate about Mm -hmm. that we, I don't want to necessarily say that we feel like we're right, Mm -hmm. but it just, it invokes a lot of feelings. And I think like you said, a lot of it is fear that if we don't get it right, we're going to ruin our children and they're going to end up living in a van down Down by by the the river. river. Down by the river. Yeah. So we hope you enjoy today's listener question episode of the No Guilt Mom podcast. Hey, if you're feeling like you have to do everything on your own and no one in your family is helping you out, go and grab our happy parent checklist. It's going to take you step by step through the process of delegating more to your family. And guess what? It's not task lists or chore charts or anything that you need to check up or follow up on. It's actually building the relationship. So go go get it. It's at noguiltmom.com backslash HPC for happy parent checklist. The link is in the show notes. And now on with the show. You want mom life to be easier. That's our goal too. Our mission is to raise more self-sufficient and independent kids. And we're going to have fun doing it. We're going to help you delegate and step back. Each episode, we'll tackle strategies for positive discipline, making our kids more responsible and making our lives better in the process. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom podcast. So Brie, we got a listener question from Lorena. What does Lorena say? Well, okay, I really loved this question and it was very emotional. So it says, I need help. I feel like screen time got out of control last year when my kids were doing online school. Now it feels like my kid is on his iPad every time I turn around. What do you guys think is an appropriate amount of screen time for a fifth grader? Every time I set limits and ask him to get off, it's a fight. How can I get him to get off his iPad without all this struggle? That's a great, great question. It is something that, I mean, I struggle with in my house as well. And I'm sure you do too, Brie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Screen time is, as we were saying, such an emotionally driven issue because we see our kids staring at their screens and we're like, why won't you do anything productive with your life? (laughs) I know. Go do something. Again, you go straight to the grin and up in a van down by the river. And they're going to be depressed in that van down by the river. And like I had to talk myself down the other day because my daughter was basically watching YouTube they have YouTube shorts now, which are kind of like reels and TikToks, but they're called shorts. Wow. And so she's watching these YouTube shorts like for a good two to three hours. And I'm watching her and I'm like, oh my gosh, like what can I do in this situation? 
And I had to bring myself back. I had to talk myself down because at first you want to say, I never did that as a kid. Like we didn't have screens. We didn't need to do that. Well, right. And that's a valid argument. We didn't do that when we were kids, but we didn't have it available. Our parents didn't watch TV as much as we did. No. Yeah. I watched a ton of TV. I watched so much TV that I made my first career being TV because I thought (laughs) I loved it so much. I did I love that <laughs> because I watched a ton of it and I could tell you who all the actors were and what like I could quote IMDB and that six degrees of Kevin Bacon. I could do it with anyone. Oh, wow. Anyone because I watched so much. Okay. That's our next party trick. No, I can't do it well <laughs> anymore. see that one. Now I look at people and I'm like, who's that? I don't know. I know. Right. But I did it. I had the same behavior exactly as she did, but She's in front of a little mobile device where she gets to control exactly what she sees, where I was in front of a TV where I was influenced by advertisements and commercials. Yep. And I didn't have as much control. So when we think about screens today, it's nothing has changed in our society about them. It's just a different medium. Yeah. So that's one thing that we can be like, okay. Well, when we're going from that way, we can see then we can understand more of our kids' behavior and kind of empathize with them a bit right. and think like, what are the reasons behind it? But that gets me down to a level playing field. So I'm not all like, they're going to end up in a van down, down by, by the, the river. river. Yeah, yes, I know. Right. I know we keep going to that, guys. But we all know, let's just be honest. That is what's going on in your head when you see them on the screen. Oh, yeah. They're going to flunk out of school. They're going to just or or even worse when they tell you like, mom, this is what I'm going to do with my life. I want to be a YouTuber. And you're like, oh, dear God, no. Well, even more so, I mean, let me be really frank, the rise in teen suicide, I mean, there there are a lot of news stories and it's happening a lot, especially in our area of Chandler, Yeah, uh, where it's a fear and a lot of messages we see about screen time is connecting it to depression and anxiety. And so when I see my daughter on the screen, that's immediately where I go to and I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is affecting her mental health and what can I do? You have probably heard me talk about my dog, Addie, before, and when we first got her, we didn't know that she was a counter surfer. Now, counter surfing animals are the ones who jump on counters, especially kitchen counters, when you're not looking and take stuff off of them. Well, in this instance, Addie had jumped onto the kitchen counter and eaten an entire bottle of my other dog's pain medication. You can imagine the freak out that ensued from me. So imagine this. You're at the vet's office again, knowing that vet care costs continue to rise. You're anxiously waiting to hear how expensive the bill will be. But If you had pet insurance, your pet could be covered for accidents or illnesses. That's why you should check out ASPCA Pet Health Insurance. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program offers customizable accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet parents like you to help your pet get the care that they may need. They allow you to customize the plan, helping ensure that your pet's plan is as unique as they are. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program has been around for over 18 years, and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. Because vet bills can really add up, especially when you're least expecting it. 
It's simple. Use their app to submit a claim and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash no guilt. That's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash no guilt. Again, that's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash no guilt. This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTZ Insurance Agency Limited. The ASPCA is not an insurer and is not engaged in the business of insurance. Hey, all It is Joanne. And Bree here. And we want to tell you about a podcast that you should check out. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Uturbe, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And in this latest season of Understood Explains, it covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. We actually just listened to the episode, IEPs, Does My Child Need an IEP? And here is what we loved about it. I loved that it was so digestible. Like it was such a short episode and all of the topics, which could be really confusing to parents, were easily explained. And I loved how they gave great concrete examples because you know how much I love me a good example. They explained what kind of services and supports you could actually see on a child's IEP or individual education plan. And they explained those acronyms that nothing drives me more crazy than when there's acronyms and I don't get it. I don't know what it stands for. They took the time to explain everything in so much detail and to cover concerns that a lot of families have about special ed services. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains, or just click on the link in our show notes. Right. So we're telling you that just because they're on their screens, first of all, it doesn't mean that everything is going to hell in a handbasket. No, it does not. But at the same time, it is something to be concerned about. Mm -hmm. So the first thing I want to say about Lorena's question, you asked, what is the appropriate amount of screen time for a fifth grader? Mm -hmm. And Joanne and I, we're, we're very much on the same handle of that Screen time varies by family. It does. And we can't tell you what's going to be right for your family and your fifth grader. Now, and I think it's a whole rethinking too of screen time. I've done a lot of research around this. Devorah Heitner has a really great book. We'll put a link to it in the show notes. And then Ned Johnson and Dr. William Sticksrude, they have great advice on this as well based on their research. So know that this episode today is coming to you from a very informed opinion of experts who specialize in the field. And it's not just something that Bree and I are armchairing. We came up with what we felt was the best information we can give you to help get to the point that you need to be to figure out what screen time needs to look like in your house, yeah. as well as to educate your child so that they're making educated choices. Yes. And it's what Brie and I implement in our houses. And yes. it's not perfect and it's not set rules. It's actually when you hear these rules, I want you to think flexibility in them a lot. You're going to have to do come some back. yoga, do some mind yoga with well, them. <laughs> You're going to have to come back a lot and have conversations with your kids because this is going to be an ongoing conversation and not something that you could see like, okay, an hour each day, that's it. Like it's not exactly. going to end there. Exactly, exactly. Because again, like there's a lot of things you find out and I'm just going to throw this out here. I know we're talking about a fifth grader, but my son started high school this year and it amazed me how much he actually has to use his phone in class. Mm -hmm. The teachers are actually integrating their phones into class for things like 
quizzes that they need to do or checking in on an app that the school district uses for grades. Technology is becoming interwoven into so many things that our kids are doing. We, Like you just said, we can't just say one hour. Like mm-hmm. it just, it varies. It varies. So our first tip is to have it be a two-way conversation about screen time and really be open to hearing what your kids are asking for. Yes, this is huge. Like the first thing you need to do is ask questions about what they're going to be doing online. What do you think you're going to do? And if they come back with you with an I don't know, then okay, let's look at your phone and look at what apps you have. Mm -hmm. Every kid is different. You know, do you have Instagram? Do they have Snapchat? Do they have YouTube? Like, and then what do you like to do on YouTube? What do you like to do on Instagram? And then also, why are you choosing to do that with your time? Mm -hmm. Because you might be finding that there's something that your child would be happy to fill in with a non-screen thing. Like maybe it's like, well, I'm connecting with my friends. Oh, well, would you like me to take you to go see your friends more often? Like, would you like your friends to come over? And they'll be like, oh, I didn't know I could. Just having that conversation and seeing what they want out of it. I had taken off the limits of my daughter's screen time for like this summer, basically, when she was at home. And just recently, I noticed that the chores weren't getting done in the house that she had to get done. She was procrastinating on homework to the point where I could see her stress levels rising and she was staying up later and later at night. But if you go to a 12-year-old and you're like, okay, you have to go to bed on time, like get off your screen, it doesn't work. It no, doesn't work. because then they just want to push back against you. And we're not saying that you're not right by yeah. putting those boundaries out there. We're just saying be a little bit flexible in how you deliver them. We, I had conversations with her every day. I would sit by her and be like, okay, let's talk about how you're feeling. And of course, she hates that. She hates to talk about how she's feeling. But it is so important. And yep. just knowing that I'm not going to go away with these conversations, like I'm not going to stop <laughs> just because she's cringy. I want to actually have her evaluate how she is feeling and with what she's seeing online and how much time she's spending and how her body feels when she's laying down for like two hours watching YouTube. Yeah. And it got to the point where it was taking so much out of me to keep having the same conversation over and over again. I could feel my limit being reached and me having to remember to go have that conversation with her. Mm-hmm. Like, because you're doing other things and you see your yeah. kid online and you see your kid on the phone, you're like, okay, well, I have to do this, 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 and then you forget about it. So you really need some outside help. And so this past weekend, I put the limit back on her device. Um, I put it an hour a day for all apps. I just did it unilaterally. And it was a big blow up. It was huge. Like I texted you and I'm like, I'm crying here because my daughter hates me. <laughs> but I mean... That's how it is as a parent. And she did get over it. She's like, I thought you trusted me. And I'm like, this has nothing to do with trust. It has to do with having conversations about this. And I I need to know I am protecting you. And that's just where I let it be. And I think that's a huge thing you just said. That was another one right there. Tell mm-hmm. your kid honestly what your fears mm-hmm. and your concerns are. Definitely. like Because I feel like with our kids that are, you know, on the screens that are probably about like, mm, let's say eight to 18. I mean, I'll throw them all in that same that same big bucket. 
a lot of them, they think that whatever we're doing, it's about them. Mm-hmm. And a lot of time they need to hear us be like, this isn't necessarily about you. This is about the other people that are on the internet, what other people might say to you, what other things you might hop into. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid that this is going to happen, this is going to happen, this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you'll say something that your child had no idea was even possible. Yeah. And then other times they're going to be like, oh, duh, this is what I would do. And you're like, oh, so you actually do have a plan. Okay. So again, like I feel like that really helps them understand where you're coming from. And like you said, this isn't about you. This is about me doing what I feel like is going to protect you and do what's best for you. Yeah. I mean, it's a long term thing. Exactly. This is something we needed to have a little bit of a reboot. Exactly. And I did this probably, I think I did it on Saturday. And on Monday, she actually came to me and she's like, can we talk about this? Can we talk about the time and the apps? Because here's the reason. I need to access these things for school. And sometimes I'm not by you. I'm at school and I can't. Get to it. Get to it. And I'm like, oh, you bring up a really great point. And so that brings us to our second tip is to be mutually agreeable on time. Right. And even the apps used on Apple. um, So she has my old iPhone. You could actually set which apps have a time limit and which apps don't have a time limit. So I went through and I took off the app she needed for school, like Apple Books, because that's where her math textbook is. Oh, okay. And a lot of the websites that she uses for school, I took off the websites. And when I took off the websites, I'm like, now... You can access YouTube through the web when I take off these websites. Like, how are you going to handle that? And she's like, I don't watch YouTube on the web. I only watch it through the app. (laughs) But it was it was interesting. And I know that that is a future conversation that we will probably be needing to have if I see like there's a lot of time spent on the app. Because the thing with devices, and I know this as well, and you probably know this too, they're addictive. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I feel the addiction when I'm shout, on them. Shout out to Social Dilemma on Netflix. Hopefully it's still there. It, it was a great, I, I felt like it was very eye-opening. Yeah, because Facebook and Instagram and TikTok, those algorithms they have, they know what Nobody to keep you. Hits. Like If you're just <laughs> looking at it for an extended length of time, they're like, oh, you like this content. We're going to give you some more. I know, right? Yeah. So it's addictive. And when you're putting on screen time limits, know that and you can explain to your kid, this is addictive. You don't always have the control over it. And you could also say your own experience. Like, I don't like it when I am on Facebook scrolling through everything. And so I have to place these limits on my own behavior so that I can actually be a functioning human. But I think it's also another thing that's great about this whole mutually agreeable solution portion. You get to hear your kid's point of view. Yeah. And sometimes I have to pinch myself not to laugh. So and what I mean by that is like, I'll have a conversation with one of my kids and I'll be like, okay, I feel like you've been on your phone a lot. Like we really need to make sure that we have some decent limits in the household. You know, what do you guys feel like is an appropriate amount of time on screens? And one of my kids will come back and be like, I think eight hours a day is appropriate. And I'm like, okay. I try not to laugh because it tends to be insulting. (sighs) Um, But I'm like, all right, even if you wanted eight hours a day, you Mm -hmm. do not have it. Yeah. And so sometimes you have to like talk to them, like set out a schedule and be like, okay, let's be realistic about this. You get home from school at three, bedtime is at 10. That's, you know, seven hours right there. But then we got to take out dinner time. We got to take out taking showers. We got to take out homework, you know, and they start to see how little bit of time that they have. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. 
Hey guys, Brie here, and let me tell you, April is a killer time of the year for me because it is crazy allergy season. I swear, everything that is in bloom looks fantastic and beautiful, but it makes it so I can't breathe. I am literally coughing, sneezing, rubbing my nose. I look like Rudolph half of the spring. It's terrible. But luckily for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies like I do, we live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can finally breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine is the best decongestant available. It relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy, watery eyes, itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. I absolutely love it. It is the only allergy medicine that works for me. So if you're ready to live life as if you don't have allergies, it's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just one quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And now we're back with a whole new podcast about unsticking it, launching in January. What happens when life gets in the way of our creativity instead of nourishing it? We talk to all sorts of guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. So join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Get out of there, life gunk. Let us help you get back to your best creative self. Look for Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Wherever you listen to podcasts starting in January, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking it. But also it gives them an opportunity and you an opportunity to work on your negotiation skills, man. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to need these later in life. Negotiation. So like, yeah. Right? Because it's never a hard and fast rule. And I also want to encourage you that you have your own personal limits. And if you're anything like me, you have a very hard time sticking to those personal limits because, I mean, I'm a people pleaser. You're a people pleaser oh, too, yeah. right? Oh, Free? yeah. Yeah. I will do anything to make someone else happy, even if it makes me unhappy and grumpy. Like my daughter would come to me and she's like, well, I need this because and I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. I forgot to do that. Let me stop everything I'm doing and do no stop and drop. No, I will not do that. Like (laughs) I was getting so mad over the weekend because like she would come in and ask me to do something and like. I realized I was getting mad and I thought back and I'm like, wait a minute, like it is her responsibility to ask me to do all the things, but it is my responsibility to say no. Yeah. And And to say when it can and can happen. Yeah, there is a there is a reasonable window to be requesting things there. I have placed an additional limit on myself, though, for Mm -hmm. having those conversations because I know my tendency is to want to please and bend over backwards. And so I tell my kids now, I'm like, okay. I hear that you want this. I need some time to think about it. And usually during that time, I could either be like, okay, yes, this is a good idea or 
no, you know what? It's not a good idea. I think that's <laughs> a good idea. Yeah, yeah, I think a lot of us need that buffer time. So there is another like secret right there for you. While you're while you're thinking about what your boundaries need to be or your child's asking for a change in what you mm-hmm. guys had already decided on, you can give yourself that I need time to think about this. Yes, definitely. You do not have to make decisions right away. And you know what? If it's an important decision, your kid's going to come back to you if you forget about it. Yeah. Because I forget about things all the time. And they're like, hey, mom, you said like maybe we would do this. And I'm like, oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's not like they don't forget about things too. So, so our next tip is to make sure that you're clear about your expectations, like what they're using that, that time for. Mm-hmm. Be clear about what you expect to have happen and what's going to happen if those rules are broken, if those boundaries are broke that you all had talked about. Mm -hmm. So that way everybody knows up front what's going to happen. It helps keep you as the parent from making those emotional over the top, I don't want to say punishments, but like, you know, uh, repercussions. Because we've all been there. We've all been there where like something small happens and we're like, go to your room for the rest of your life. Yeah. And then, oh, oh, maybe that was a little bit. A little bit harsh. (laughs) Well, my little (laughs) trick to do this is that I always make the screen time limit. And both of my kids have a limit that's imposed by their devices. So by that, I mean that they always have to come to me to unlock it Mm -hmm. if they go over that limit. So one thing I do is I make sure the screen time limit is a lot less than the actual free time I know they have. Oh, okay. So like an hour each day for both of them, that's less than I know the amount of free time they have. So they're going to have to come to me at some point to talk and be like, hey, can I have more screen time? And at that point is when I ask them all the questions and I follow up on like, okay, like, did you get everything done you need to do? And they'll, my son will be, oh, I should do my homework. I'll go do my homework right now. That doesn't come right away. That's something that we have worked into. So if like you hear that and you're like, my kids would never say that, they won't. Not off been the, working yeah, on it for Probably not off the bat, time. but you will get there. You, you will. will. And I would actually say like, so, and that's the other thing too. Like people always ask me what the timeline is. Yeah. Well, how long do my kids going to do it? Because I had this conversation with them and the very next day it didn't work. Mm-hmm. Okay. Gotcha on that. It is a work in progress. But I would say that for most kids, if you're consistent in your conversations and showing mutual respect and sticking to the boundaries that you have, I would say normally it's less than two weeks before you see a turnaround. Yeah, you're going to like see success. Yes, it, it does depend way. on every it situation. Because yeah. like a lot of times in my house, I'll see success right away, like because everyone will remember to do it. And then it will taper off because people won't remember to do it. Well, because and we're human, you mean? We're human. What? Because we make mistakes. And that's why I like to use technology and things that make me not forget. So like, you know, like the screen time stuff, the yeah. technology is there. It's not going to forget. Yeah. <laughs> and it's going to stop have, them when it needs to stop them. Exactly. And if you have to be the police, mm-hmm. you do not have the time to police your kids on their screen time. You really don't. So this is one thing that we both feel very strongly about, yeah. like whether or not you have whatever type of device you have, there is always some app out there that's going to help you control all the, the items in your household. Yeah, the amount so, of time. Yeah, like in my household, even though we do have Apple for the majority of us, since I've divorced, my ex covers my son's cell phone and he's very anti-Apple, which I, I'm actually, I'm not a huge fan of Apple, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so he has an Android, so we can't use like the screen time controls. But what I do is actually, I have an app that controls our Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. So I actually just kind of pause the Wi-Fi once in a while. What about like their data connection? Yes, 
But to be honest with you, like they both are fearful of going over on their data, even though I have repeatedly told them that they have unlimited data. Uh They are still fearful from back in the day when they didn't. Yeah. And so they both are all like, I can't do it if I don't have the Wi-Fi. Oh, so So, they're like, you're like, ha ha ha. Yeah, yeah, that does tend to work a lot in our household. I use the screen time app that is built into iPhones for my daughter. But for my son, he has a Chromebook, which he didn't get until the pandemic. Yep. So now he has his own Chromebook, and I use Google Family Link to control the time on that. And that's free. Yeah, there, there's so many options out there. Yeah. So just find what works for you and your family so that you're not the one. Because adding that extra stress of you trying to police all the time. Yeah, it's too It's going to drive you bonkers. And then that's when you're just like, forget it. Delegate to that technology. Yes. Like, use that tech. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, and what's our last tip for this one? To give a little and meet your kid in the middle. Going back to what we said about it's okay to have those conversations and come back and revise your policy. It's also great because when you have those conversations, you can fill in little things about like mental health and even like body image and things that they're seeing other teens do or other kids do online and have that open conversation about it and ask them questions. Be like, how do you feel when you see this? And they'll be like, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. But then, I mean, that gives you an opening when you're willing to negotiate on screen time. They're willing to give more of themselves and you get a little more information. So here is my other one with that one, too. What if your kid comes to you and says, I can handle more screen time than you're allowing? Mm -hmm. Like, do you just shut it down or do you give them a shot to try it? When kids uh, ask that they can handle more screen time, I talk to them and I ask them, okay, well, why do you want it? And what do you want to do with your extra screen time? And just having those conversations is, it's so great. And it gives you the opportunity to find out more about what your kids are thinking and what your kids are viewing if you're willing to have them. I do. So I totally agree with that. Like, again, the conversation, it needs to be an ongoing thing. It always needs to be a two-way conversation. In my experience, if my kid comes to me with a really great case, Mm -hmm. but I'm still skeptical of whether or not they can actually handle it, Mm -hmm. we'll agree to what we just refer to as a trial period. Mm -hmm. You know, okay, fine. You try it for two to three days. And then we're going to check back in and we pick the day we're going to check back in. And we're going to make sure that everything is still getting done. Your mood is still in a good place. Like we're not snapping and everything is getting done the way that it needs to get done that we agree to. Mm -hmm. And then we'll see how this works out. I think that's a great thing. Yeah. And I do that with a lot of different things. Like this year, my daughter asked for a later bedtime and uh, she had a good point, even though I still felt like it was later than than what I was comfortable with. Like when I checked around with some other people, I'm like, oh, okay, I guess this is like about a normal bedtime. So we agreed to try it out for a week. And as long as she could still handle things and she was able to do that. So, I mean, I know I'm jumping into bedtime instead of screen time, but the point being is I gave a little, she showed she was responsible enough for it. We're willing to do it, but she also does understand that at any time it can go back. Yeah, I think it's all a negotiation. Yep. It's so strange because it's not the way we were raised. Like we were basically told this is how it is and you need to follow the rules. Well, that doesn't work so well in today's society because we're really raising independent thinkers who can go out and be self-sufficient. And we also want to keep the doors of communication open so that our kids 
come and tell us problems and they know that we will help them through it rather than punish them for even having the problem in the first place. Right. So really, when it comes down to this, you got to think about the long game. What are the skills that you want your child to gain when they're older? Do you Mm -hmm. want them to be able to listen to other people's perspectives? Do you want them to be able to have critical thought process to problem solve? Mm -hmm. Do you want them to be able to clearly and articulately communicate their wants, their needs, and their thoughts. If you want all those things, then this is the best way to do it. it Let them practice with you. Let them have this conversation. So so what are the things that we suggest that, that you do here, Lorena? So Lorena, have it be a two-way conversation. And then you also want to make sure that you guys have a mutually agreeable solution on what the time frame is going to be. Something that the kid knows and respects, may not agree with, but knows. <laughs> Set some clear expectations on that. And then give a little and meet your child in the middle if they're asking for something that something time-wise that you're like, oh, let me think about that. Mm-hmm. And if it's agreeable to you, you can always do a trial like yep. Brie does with her daughter. Yep. So remember, the best mom is a happy mom. Take care of you. And we'll talk to you later. Thanks for stopping by. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, You are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.